Hey, what's going on, good people? Welcome back to Training Well Done. You're here with Coach Donald of Global Human Performance. So, I hope you're feeling well today. We're going to talk about why strength training matters for runners. And boy, do I have a good example that we are going to ride the train on today. This weekend, on Saturday, I was joining one of my members, Marcel, on a 50-mile ultra marathon. He did the Baker Challenge up in Cooks Forest, up in like north west central-ish Pennsylvania, right off of Route 28. And so the Baker Challenge is a three-part ultra marathon series, I found out. So the Baker Trail is 143 miles. And every year they run about 50 miles of it. And then for one of the years, it's like stretched to be a little longer. And if you do all three, you get like this, uh, you get three different medals. And then once you do all three, they like link together and make a super medal. So it's basically like the Power Rangers from the 90s and you get all the different parts and boom, you get the Mega Ranger, right? So you get that as a metal version. Well, he's done two of these. He did the first one eight years ago and then he did a second one just this past weekend and he's going to do a third one, which is like, you know, it's just weird to think about finishing a 50 mile race and then like, yeah, I got to do a third one. And you know, just so calm. He got, he got done with the race and, you know, I asked him how he felt. And he's like, oh, I should feel fine, you know. It's an hour faster than my last time, but, like, I should train more. And I'm just like, I'm surprised you could even talk right now. If you've ever done an ultra marathon, please leave a comment below and tell me about your experience, first of all. So, for those of us mere mortals... An ultra marathon is, well, there's, uh, there's different types of them. There's 24-hour ultras. There are 100-mile ultras. Then there's like 50-mile ultras. There are 100K ultras. And so, you know, there's these different types of them. But as the name suggests, it's a hell of a lot more than a marathon in which we, uh, myself and one of the other uh, members who actually came up there to join them, shout out to Michelle, we Googled what percentage of the American population has done a marathon. And it was 0.05%. So shout out to all of you listening who've ever done a marathon before because you are an elite category of Americans. Let half a percent of Americans have run a marathon. So this must be like a cult like a fraternity, a secret society of people who get together and say, yo, you know what? Let's go run 50 miles today. <laughs> Let's go run for 24 hours straight. And as I saw, the rules for ultra is a little different. You know, you get up, as, I ran into one of my professors from Slippery Rock, shout out to uh, Dr. Lin, who has been doing ultra since before I got to college, and he's the reason I even heard of them. And the rules are a little different. A, walking is a thing, you know, especially towards the end. There's, there's a lot of walking that can go on because it's at a certain point it becomes a glorified hike almost. Unless you're one of these like endurance genetically blessed people who can go and run for t eight, ten hours straight. Very impressive. 
So he finishes, and um, I'm very proud of him. And shout out to him. It was it was an honor to be a part of that. I was like his pit crew person. Every five miles, there was a rest stop. So I made sure that he uh, was ready to change his shoes if he needed to, snacks, water, you know, change his water, um, water vest, you know, encouragement, and just, you know, that sense of having somebody there. So it was an honor to do that, and it was a lot of fun, actually. I got to eat snacks, read books, and watch people suffer. So, you know, not a bad Saturday. And it was a beautiful forest. I mean, Cook's Forest is amazing. So in relation to our topic today, Marcel had said something to me that really sets the tone for this. And he was like, Coach, as much as I hate doing split squats, these hills are proving to me that I'm really glad you had me do them. And I had that moment where, you know, my eyes almost got a little puffy. Like, oh, really? You mean that? You like the split squats, man? And... um Kind of bringing us into this, why strength training matters for runners. Some of you may have done cross country or track in high school, and you maybe not have lifted weights ever. And then you didn't start lifting until you got to college, and you probably had this major question on your mind. Why do I need to deadlift? Why do I need to squat? Why do I need to do any of this? Shouldn't I just go run? Or what's the uh, notorious thing in the world of sprints? Go run some 500s. They'll make you strong. I actually recently saw an Instagram post about that itself. Um, and it was kind of making fun of that notion that, yeah, you're going to get stronger by doing endurance running. What's meant in that level of strength is actually not what we mean as strong Although if you are a relatively unfit person, you probably will actually get stronger from doing 400s and 500s. If you're a respectable sprinter, you probably are already strong. But that's not the point I wanna make here. There are three main reasons to be strong. The three main reasons why endurance runners should strength train. So let's hop right up on in, shall we? If anybody is creative enough to have one of those little intros that like is real catchy and cool, that would have been a great time for one. So if you're into that, please reach out to me, send me a DM, leave a comment, let's chat, because that would have been a great time for it. So let's hop in. Three reasons. Number one, durability. So what is durability? Durability is the ability for you to be durable. What does it mean to be durable? Basically for you to have a lot of resilience and endurance to be able to do something. When we talk about this, it is mainly in relation to your tendon load capacity. Now, if you were with us for the five adaptations to endurance training episode, you'll have heard me talk about this before and if you're a continuing listener, I'm gonna probably bring this up on a variety of different occasions, right? Because it matters a lot. So your load capacity for your tendons is the ability for your tendons to withstand the load that comes from volume, that comes from speed and intensity, that comes from just hitting the ground all the time. And so 
the more capacity your tendons have to take on the load, the more durability you have, right? So let's think about your knees, because that's you know very in front of you reference that you probably are very close with. When you take a step, your body is getting um, multiple times its own body weight that it has to absorb every time it hits the ground. And when you're running, that increases a lot. When you hit the ground, the shock and force of you hitting the ground rises through your body. And your tendons have to be able to deal with that load. I liken this to a dump truck. It's an analogy I use often. The bigger your dump truck is, the more dirt you can handle and the more rubble that you can take into it before something bad happens. Your tendons operate the same way. The more capacity your tendons have, then the more stress they can take before something bad happens. So strength training helps with increasing that. Now, why is that? Your tendons are a bunch of collagen fibers. The same thing as your ligaments. What really separates your tendons and your ligaments is that tendons run through your muscles and connect the muscles to the bone, and your ligaments only connect bone to bone. Otherwise, they're made of the same collagen fibers. Now, your tendons, when you're training, the actual arrangement of those fibers adjusts. Acutely, it can adjust in the short term. So when you think about warming up to go run or to do plyos or to go play basketball even, when you are warming up, you're trying to actually get the, the, the collagen fibers in the tendon to line up better with the lines of force that your muscles are going to be drawing upon and to make sure that, well, the actual temperature of the joint is higher. So that's the acute version, but over a long term, your tendons can actually get uh, stronger. So the fiber arrangements can be in such a way that they can support more load. As your muscles get stronger, uh, your tendons take a little longer to get stronger, but whenever you are putting them under stress, strength training can help teach them and coax them physically into being able to handle more stress. When it comes to running, running is stress. Now, doing a lot of miles adds a lot of stress, and then doing a lot of speed adds a lot of stress. So when you think about Marcel running an ultra marathon, he needs to have the strength to not only run 50 miles, because that's one thing in itself, but you have to train for that. So he was doing a little over 200 miles every month, about two and a quarter, actually, every month. There is a pretty high level of durability you have to have to be able to put on 200 plus miles a month without anything bad happening. We have another young athlete um, who's in high school and she just messaged me like, hey, I ran 21 miles last week. And it's the first time she's been able to put on that many miles in months because we've been working on rehabbing and making sure her, her same knee tendons uh, are up to par. And so part of that is improving her durability so she can put on these miles. And so that nothing bad happens while you're running. And so it decreases the chances of you having aches and pains in your knees and everything like that. Number two, actually very closely related to number one, is the capacity. 
Strength training gives you the capacity to do more training. When you are unfit and you're young or you're new, you can only train but so much before you have really bad reps, before your body just aches and groans and is just hating you, and before you really have the capacity to do any intense, serious training. I have a young sprinter in high school and I joke with her about her having $100,000 legs. And this is because she, is, she's run, she runs a 12-1. She PR'd at 12-1 a year ago. Um, she averaged about 12-3 her sophomore year. And we bumped that down from 12-6 and averaging like 12-8 her freshman year. And up here in Pennsylvania, if a woman can run a 12-1 in high school, you can get a scholarship to most schools up here. Um, you can you know, go to a, like a, a PSAC school, um, probably on a full ride. My goal is for her to run 11.59 by the end of the year um, and, you know, safely hope, expecting that we can get like 11.9, 11, uh, 11.8. And, you know, the closer to 11 she can get, the warmer the school she can go to. That's pretty much the logic I have here with her. And so I joke with her like, look, even as of right now, you can probably get a full ride to a PSAC school. And especially if you can put out another season like that. And so when you think about what a full ride is, it's the college saying, look, we want you to come do our sports and we're going to give you this education that costs, you know, let's say $25,000 a year to get the education. So over the course of four years, they just spotted you a hundred grand just to go run. And I'm like, it's a pretty, you know, good deal. But said kid also in order to be able to improve upon this 12-1 performance to get down 11-8, 11-7 over the next couple years, she's going to need to have the capacity to do the type of training that's going to allow her to do that, to do the type of training that's going to allow her 200 time to get into the 24s because we're still in the 25s, to allow her to break under 60 seconds in a four. And everybody's genetic durability is different. And so your floor is different. And unfortunately, some kids' floors are very low and some are very high. And so durability and capacity have a really close relationship because the more your durability is, the more you can start pushing your capacity. And while everybody may have a capacity ceiling for how much work they can do and still get good results out of it, you can't push your capacity till your durability is up. So strength training because of its relationship with making sure your tendons can handle workload, as well as now we're starting to talk about the muscles in that your muscles have the endurance and strength to keep pushing out force over and over and over again so that you can actually have good training sessions. When we think about Marcel and his capacity to be able to go and run a 50 mile race, to put on over 50 miles a week you have to be strong enough so that you can keep taking steps and them being meaningful. If you have bad reps, they just don't count anymore. You know, a lot of coaches sometimes uh, may put kids through more and more reps, even though the reps suck, and you don't want to do that. You want to have all good reps. And I stress my kids about making sure that every rep's a good rep. If we need to add some more rest, we'll do that rather than you just run a bad rep. But especially at the high school level, you will see that that capacity to do a 10 by 200 meter workout, 
to go ahead and run four repeat miles, it differs from you know, person to person. And so the more you are doing your strength training, the higher you can raise that capacity because yes, A, your tendons can handle the work without anything uncomfortable happening, but also your muscles can help you put out good performances in your reps because the performance of your reps matters a lot. So strength training helps you have the capacity to have quality training and improve and increase upon and build upon that training. Number three, good people. Now we're really getting into some performance here. Strength training helps runners with their stride length. When we talk about speed, and that's whether you're talking at the 100 meter distance or the 50 mile distance, the stride, um, your speed of your run, I should say, is based upon stride frequency and stride length. Stride frequency is the number, the cadence that you can run at, okay? The number of steps you can take in a given amount of time. Stride length is the distance between steps. Both of these things are trainable, but when people talk about having uh, a genetic you know, genetics uh, influence on speed, it's mostly in frequency. Frequency is harder to improve and takes a lot more time to improve. And there's a bigger limit on what your genes are gonna allow you to do. Some people, when you look at really young, really fast young people, they are able to bust out amazing stride frequencies to where their feet are boom, boom, boom on the ground and then you train their technique and you get them stronger so they can have bigger strides at that same speed and they can still improve that. Whereas when you find people who are just not fast at all, it's often that their legs just don't hit the ground fast enough. Um, well, I'm not gonna get too nerdy into there. Yes, I am. Bear with me for 20 seconds here. Inside of your muscle cell, you have different organelles. What makes Allison Felix different from you? Yes, probably you. What makes Allison Felix or Carmelita Jeter, Usain Bolt or Mo Farah uh, different from you is that at a genetic level, their muscles, so they can, can recycle calcium and relax a lot faster. Part of being able to run fast when people talk about being relaxed is that your muscles literally only make force on the ground when you touch the ground. Not at push-off, not while you're in the air, when your leg touches the ground. That pow that come off the ground, as soon as you hit, that's where the strength really matters. And your muscle's ability to relax and then re-tense uh, again, that is where that genetic component comes into play. And it's because there's a release of calcium that goes on every time your muscles contract. And elite runners, or elite athletes in general usually, can take that calcium back in, and then spit it back out faster than most of us can. So that's the nerd part for you. So that's the stride frequency. But that's not what we can talk about. We can talk about strength training, and strength training does not help your stride frequency, really. It helps your stride length, because at that moment, your foot, bow, hits the ground. If you're weak, your foot collapses. We talked about last week on the uh, running on the sweet spot of your foot, you want your foot to be more like a basketball and less like a frying pan, right? The stronger you are, the better chance you can 
transfer that, the, the more reserve you have to transfer that in running to make sure that you are running like a basketball and not like a frying pan. People who are not strong and are probably not runners run like frying pans. And so when you get stronger and your foot hits the ground, now those quads and those glutes can create a lot of force at that impact, which allows you to spring back up. And that allows you to actually transfer the force that is going into the ground and allowing you to propel yourself vertically and forward. Whereas when you're not strong, that is going to decrease how much um, you can use the reaction force from the ground, which means that your stride is going to get shorter. So in short, when you're strong and you hit the ground, you can spring yourself further along with every step. When you are not strong or not as strong as you could be, that means that you can't spring yourself along um, as far. Now, maybe at the beginning of the race you can, although if you increase your strength a lot, even early on you're going to notice some differences in a very short amount of distance. But now let's play this out for Marcel's 50-mile race. The stronger he is at mile 33, the more his stride length is going to be increased. And the more stride length you can naturally have over the course of your race, the less steps you have to take during the race. Which means kind of the less work you have to do. Which, by golly, wouldn't you know it? That means you have more endurance. So... Being stronger and increasing your stride, stride length will help you be able to use less energy to run as well as allow you to have a larger stride length, or at least the potential for one, later on in the race. So that is the three reasons strength training matters for runners. Durability to be able to handle the workload, capacity to increase your workload and be able to handle more intense training and then increasing your stride length so that you can propel yourself further with every step, especially in the later phases of your race. All right, good people. So I hope you took a couple notes and you enjoyed that. If you have any questions, please leave a comment or shoot me uh, a DM or an email and let me know what your thoughts are, okay? I want you to please like this podcast, comment something, subscribe to Training Well Done, and share this with your friends, your teammates, your colleagues, someone you know has asked a question, why am I lifting weights to train? All right? So thanks for joining. I hope to see you again next week with our next series of topics. Also, make sure you check out the website if you want to learn more about global human performance at www.ghperformance.com. You can find out more about our GHP On Demand, where we deliver to you our life-changing fitness and live stream workouts right at home, all right? And if you have like a big old flat screen TV, this works out even better because then you can watch me on 60 inches in HD, right? Uh, we also have our online remote coaching as well as our virtual workouts and, well, this place right here over in Pittsburgh. So um, look us up. Follow me on Instagram and YouTube at 
Coach underscore Donald on Instagram. It's just Coach Donald on YouTube. And I want you to have a good day. And the next time you go into the gym, do some split squats. All right? You can do them weights on your side. You can go body weight. You can go rear foot elevated split squats. Those are so much fun. And once again, shout out to Big Cell. I'm sure someone in, him life, someone in his life calls him Big Cell. I don't, but someone probably does. But shout out to Marcel for that 50-mile performance. Maybe we'll even bring him on for an interview. You never know. But um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Share, subscribe, and happy training. Peace.